Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick includes the final message in the five-part Living the Dream series, entitled The Palace Test. His scripture text is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 41, verses 33 through 40. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught us six ways that we can receive power in the kingdom, including telling the story of how he got started in the mission field. Then he brought us two ways that we can qualify for kingdom promotion, and the first of three practical things we can do to position ourselves for advancement in the kingdom. On this broadcast, he'll bring us the other two, and then conclude the message and the series by sharing with us the seven things that a budget can do for us. And now, here's Brother Rick. If you don't recognize every level of authority, you forfeit your authority. Now see, say God's called me apostolically over this region, or over this area, and he's called Bishop over this region, and he's called Pastor David to work in the region in a church. Do you understand that for me to operate in any authority, I have to first come under authority. When I come under authority, I not only operate in the fullness of my authority, I operate in the fullness of his. Okay, step on down here, Brother Dave. Brother David has a church and he has a home as well. Before we can actually operate in our authority and help him in agreement, then me and him both had to come under Brother David's authority. Because, see, you can't circumvent the authority God's established. And when we come under authority, Him giving us permission to operate in our authority multiplies His authority. You understand what I'm saying? And so every time we come under authority, our authorities multiply. Now, the other night I came in the parking lot. Last night, there was a young guy out there. Is that young guy in here parking car? What, was that you last night? Somebody. It was a young man. There's a young man said, with authority. There was a gap between two cars. He said, I could have got all haughty and said, hey, don't wait a minute, brother. You know, I got socks older than you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in 40 nations. Uh, did you know if I can't park where the usher places me, I can't preach where God's called me. If I can't submit to the lowest in authority, I have no authority whatsoever. I forfeit my authority by my refusal to submit. Thank you, brothers. It's important for you to understand, if you're going to operate in greater power, you have to recognize not just the authority over you, but all authority. Period. That's important. See, Joseph showed honor to Potiphar, to the jailer. And so when Pharaoh come along, it was old hat to Joseph. He understood the rule. Pharaoh's in authority, therefore I'm submissive to it. Boy, we need to learn this in Pentecostal church. We are so excited about independent, we put it on our signs. We're as independent as a hog on ice. You can't corral us to nobody's authority. Ain't nobody telling us what to do. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to go home in a little while, but I think I'll preach while I'm here. How many of you understand there is nobody? 
that's going to be successful without authority in their life. You don't outgrow a need of a pastor. I have one today. You never outgrow a need of a father. You don't get so big that you can start your own house and forget everybody else. You need to be a part of something bigger than you. And those that pull themselves away from the body will soon die. Yeah. You're going to have power. You're going to get it through recognizing authority. And your influence will never grow until you can recognize the authorities that be. Well, I've learned this. I've learned this. When I come into a church, I ask the pastor what I'm there to do. He tells me what I'm there to do, I do it. Amen? Not a bit too good to do anything he tells me to I was with Brother Ronnie last week. I'm with Pastor this week. I'm with Brother Bo next week. I'm here to serve in Eastern Kentucky. I'm not here to tell anybody how smart I am. I figured out a long time ago I'm about as smart as an earthworm. Jesus is the one we need. And if we want him to show up in eastern Kentucky, we've got to learn to recognize one another's authority and quit trying to circumvent what God's established. Can I hear an amen? I'll go on. Okay, here's the second thing. If you want position, you're going to have to learn how to serve. Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. That's that red letter part too, brother. Ron. I was the same way. When I first got saved, I only went through the Bible and read the red parts. I didn't realize Jesus spoke in black. I thought he only spoke in red. So this is a red part for red readers. Whosoever will be chief. Everybody say chief. Among you, let him be your servant. Never get too big to serve. In fact, you're only going to be able to serve your way to the top. And the higher to go, the more you got to serve. Amen? The day you stop serving and desire to be served is the day you start your decline. And you never get too big. I remember a few years ago, we was doing a mission conference, and I was in there washing dishes. And somebody come by, and they was trying to be all spiritual, but they had done crossed over into ignorance. And uh, they said to me, well, Brother Rick, why are you washing dishes? I said, well, basically, because they're dirty. They said, you're too big to be washing dishes. I said, move along. You don't even understand my life message day I get too big to wash dishes dishes will all be all I'll ever get to do listen to me guys the day you change from being a servant to wanting to be served is the day you go down like the Titanic amen Joseph's promotion to position in the second chair by the way there's a good book by that time out on the table it's what qualified what qualified him was his faithfulness. He'd been faithful with Potiphar, faithful with the jail. It was faithfulness. And when he got in position, he was still faithful. Be faithful to serve. Everybody say, there's two jobs in the kingdom. The Lord and the servants. Which one are you? <laughs> in case you didn't know, let me clarify. There's two principles you need to learn. Number one, there is a God. Number two, you're not him. If you can learn those two principles, it'll help you. Amen? The only available job in the kingdom of God is a servant. Because the Lord ever liveth. There ain't going to be no vacancy. You ain't going to work your way up to lordship. Servant's all that remains. If you're going to have power, you're going to have to recognize authority. If you're going to have position, you're going to have to learn how to serve. If you're going to have prosperity, this gets real practical right here. You're going to have to learn to live by budget. Did you know one of the things that God's advanced our life over 
Seven years ago, I was busted and disgusted. I was in serious trouble, and I was praying. I said, God, I'm trying to trust you with my finances. And he interrupted me and said, what finances? You're broke. <laughs> and then he said another thing that kind of got my attention. He said, you are completely backward. You're not trying to trust me with the finances you don't have. I'm trying to trust you with a kingdom I do have. Then he said this to me. If I could trust you, <laughs> I would release my kingdom through you if I could trust you. Boy, that right there would take the wind out of yourself. That would puncture your little egotistical balloon. And the Lord said, but I'm going to send you to school today. I'm start teaching you how to be trusted. I remember the first thing he did, Brother Bo, he, he sent me a check, $5,000. Man, I never seen no $5,000 check. Man, I was tore up like a jar of crowd. I thought, man, a lot. Five grand. The Lord said, ain't none of that belongs to you. I want you to cash it in a $100 bill and send it out to these people. I said, Lord, it's two weeks to Christmas. Can I get on my list? Since I can't keep it myself, can I get on my list and mail myself some? The Lord just said these words to me. I thought I could trust you. I mailed it out. It come back. It come back. It come back. All $5,000 come back. That bracelet come back. That's why I wear that. Somebody say, oh, you're trying to be all that? No, it just come in the mail. Thought I'd wear it. Ring I got on my hand coming off and plate. I didn't want to throw it away. What are you saying? I'm saying if he could trust you, youngins, there's a kingdom awaiting you. Hallelujah. Problem is, we hold on to George Washington until there's no curl in his hair. <laughs> God can't use you as a channel when you've done designed yourself to be a reservoir. How many of you know? I got to go on. I'm telling you. I'm having too much fun. What does a budget do for me? Well, I'm glad you asked. Number one. You need to live by a budget because a budget to help you see the full picture. Brother Ronnie was talking about. If you don't have a budget, you'll think you can afford a whole bunch of stuff that puts you in debt. Because you start using words like, I feel like. <laughs> I mean, never know, feel like just passed up your brain. I feel like we can afford this. Put the numbers down. It'll tell you how to adjust your feelings. Number two. <laughs> it'll make you examine and clarify your values and priorities. You got a budget, it'll let you know what your priority is. Some people say, oh, Jesus, number one on my list. Well, if I look at your check register, it looks like Walmart is. Number three, it'll provide for you a basis of discussion and agreement. Boy, when you got a budget, you got something to talk about. Boy, it's getting quiet in here, ain't it? I'm walking where angels fear to trot. Number four, it'll provide for you a standard of accountability. How you doing with it? Number five, it'll help you live within your means. Number six, it'll help you eliminate debt in your life, which is an enemy of the church. Number four, or number seven, it'll build some character and discipline in you. Where did Joseph learn how to set a budget for Egypt? At Potiphar's house. Can you imagine Joseph at the first year the corn got to coming in the bumper crop? And he said, you know, I feel like, I feel like we can give everybody some extra corn, you know. He went by feelings. They starved death in the seventh year of the famine. If you go by feelings, you're going to have the same problem. I get amazed at people. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. We need some money, Lord. We need some money. I was talking about this in Mexico one time to his brother. 
because they always need money. Pastor, we need money. We need money. I said, you're down here. He said, oh, God, send me pesos. Send me pesos. My family's hungry. He gives you pesos. You buy you a sombrero. Set in the shade and start the day. How many understand? It ain't how much money you got. It's how much you manage it. And some of us pray for one thing, and when it comes in, we use it for something totally ignorant. Let me cue you. Amen? How many understand? If God cannot trust you, listen to Luke 16. I'm going to close with this. If God can't trust you with money, he said, how can he trust you with true treasure? Did you know right now, according to George Barna's newest information, 3% of America tithes. 8% tithe in 2002. We are less than half of what we was six years ago. And we're wondering what's happening to our nation. Let me tell you what's happening. We don't honor God. We don't honor the work of God. We don't have him in our priority. And if you're not in, he's not in your priority, then you're not on his radar. Oh, Brother Rick, I'd like to do like Joseph and raise the prominence. Can you handle the power? Does position mean something to you? I don't care what they call me as long as they call me when dinner's ready. Title don't mean nothing to me. I said it don't mean nothing to me. Can he trust you with his kingdom finance? If he can't, there's a pit awaiting you. Because <laughs> he got to start all over again. Round the mountain you go again. Until he can trust you to do as he would do with what he has given Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.